You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. And I got another guest with me today. Uh, Brother TJ Void is with us today, and I'm excited to have him, man. We've kind of crossed paths a few times on this fatherhood uh, stuff and the podcast stuff, so I'm excited to get to sit down and talk to him individually. We've been on a panel together, I think that was. Um, and so I'm excited to have an opportunity to just talk to him, you know, man to man, father to father. Um, and talk a little bit about his journey. So, TJ, thank you for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. Why don't you tell us, uh, tell the brothers a little bit about yourself and uh, and kind of where you are right now? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too much to tell. Um, again, TJ Boyd. I grew up in Central Texas. Um, I'm a former educator. Before that, I used to write uh, for you know a shoe company, a shoe blogger, actually. Then I got an education. I was an English teacher, basketball coach, former athlete. So that was a natural transition for me. Um, played basketball for the majority of my life. Uh, and I just recently, um, after, excuse me, after coaching, I went into administration. So I was a principal for about three years. And then uh, I just recently left education completely, man. So now I do real estate and I write full time. Oh, wow. Are you still doing uh, like like shoe blogging or are you, are you doing some different type of writing? Uh, so that's one of the freelance I, I do. One of the freelance uh, companies uh, that I write for is a actually a female sneaker blog um, okay. called C&K Daily, which, you know, I kind of just add a, a, a different, I guess, a voice to it. I think it's important for men to understand the struggles that even though it seems like it's just sneaker based, uh, there are things that kind of uh, are microcosms of women in the workplace to begin with. And so that's been really interesting to hear some of the struggles, uh, some of the triumphs, even from um, a perspective that I'm just not accustomed to because I don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? So it's been, right, it's been right. really informative for me. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I would have never, I would have never put the two of those things together, like women in a workplace and, and, and sneakers. So, so that's, that definitely would have, uh, would have caught my attention as well. So that's, that's yeah, interesting, absolutely. man. Yep. Um, okay, so so you're in education. Uh, you're a principal. What made you What made you step away from being a principal? That seemed like the, the upper echelon of it. You would think, right? So it was kind of all right. So I, I, I what I do, I, I related to like working at a church. Like you go to the church and you sit in the congregation and you love it and you love the word every day, and then you start working at the church and then you start seeing the behind the scenes and you're like, God, I didn't want to know all this. You know what I mean? And so my eyes were open to a lot of things that um, I didn't know. Uh, and I understand it, right? It's not anything that's um, evil or it's not anything that is intentionally destructive, um, but it just wore me out personally. Um, just some of the places that I worked, uh, children were in adverse situations and it can be tough to attend to the needs of that community um, when that's not the majority of 
the district or the school system that you work for. Um, and so for me, man, I just kind of burned myself out, kind of fighting the macro, uh, this large, looming, systematic issue. Um, and so for me, for my well-being, I needed to step away some so that I can still uh, try to impact and fight those those good fights. But it was just hard to do from the angle that I was in. I wasn't in the right mind frame for it, to be completely honest with you. Um, and then it freed up some time for me to do, you know, my own fatherhood stuff and my real estate things. Um, and just made me, it, it takes up being a principal. I initially got into it because I thought it was going to give me more time from coaching, yeah. but it's actually, it's a lot. Like it's, a, it's, it's, it's really, really draining. And I cared a lot. Um, but it's almost with that job, you almost have to uh, not care as much and just perform the job. And that was difficult for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, what's funny is, is people, people from the outside look at jobs at, you know, and they don't see what you get to see from the inside. Right. Like I would, I would look at a principal and be like, oh man, you like, oh, like the king of the school. Right. Mm -hmm. But then the king has to deal with all the issues of everybody in the school, every student, every teacher, the janitor, the, the, the staff, the district, like everything is kind of falling back on you. And so I can definitely see, because a buddy of mine is a principal and he's always talking about how like busy he is. And I'm like, man, I remember when I worked at the school, the principal seemed like he was always in his office chilling. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but, I, but I guess because I was, you know, I was, I wasn't in his office all the time. It's just, it just didn't seem that way to me, but I can imagine um, with all of the staff that's on campus, with all of the students that are on campus, with all of the district stuff that's going on, I can imagine that that's a tough gig. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like complete entities, right? Because you, you're essentially a branch of this larger system. And you got people from, you know, the government side pushing down um, things that they want the school system to look like in Texas. And for us, they come from Austin. And so the superintendent then gives it to you. But it's like, but this doesn't fit my school. Like, this isn't the best for my school. So then you got to disseminate it to the teachers and then the teachers got to disseminate it to the students. And then, so now you have, it's just a bunch of, it's a, it's a large ecosystem that you have zero control over. And it, it was hard for me because I was a head basketball coach where, and I just happened to be at a new school where I picked everything. Like I chose the uniforms. I chose the rubber on the bottom of the basketball goal. I chose our basketball. I, it, I had control over everything. And then when I was a principal, you didn't even have control over the first five minutes of your day. Like as soon as you come in, walkie talkie comes on, you own for the rest of the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's completely different, right? From going from the head coach to the principal. Um, man, that's wild. So you you mentioned that you're you're doing some other fatherhood stuff. So let's let's yeah. kind of get into fatherhood here for a second. So you're your father, obviously. Uh, I mean, you're on the fatherhood podcast. You have a fatherhood podcast yourself. I do. Um, how many kids you got? Just one. Just, just one. one. How how old is how old is your is your kid? He just turned five two weeks ago. Man. Yeah. Five years old, man. Them them yeah. the, them fun years, man. Well, they're all they fun. Are. Let me take that back. They are all fun, but them them little one like them little hugs and oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh my <laughs> daughters are eight and ten, and my ten year old is getting to the point where she's like that preteen kind of like, yo, all right, dad, I'm hopping out. She hopping out the car quick when we get to school. Like she don't yeah, want to yeah. linger. Yeah. Um, so I, I miss, I miss, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed the, the five man where they just looked up to you and you were, you were everything to them. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
So, so, uh, so five years ago, you become a father. Um, how was that going from, you know, just being TJ and I'm assuming your wife and then becoming, right. becoming dad? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I didn't really feel like a dad at first um, because as a first time father, you know, I've had a lot of, including my nephews that I kind of helped raise up until that point. But when it's yours, it's kind of different. But then I, I was in the middle of basketball season as a coach and, you know, I could, my wife was nursing and there's, what can I do? You know what I mean? I can change diapers. I can, you know, I wasn't really super duper useful in my brain. Um, and so it didn't really, I just kind of clicked into problem solving mode more than like dad mode. Oh my God, this is my son. And it didn't really click to me until like month three um, when my wife's mom was in, was helping us a lot. My mom was here first, then her mom came, and then her, she left. And it's like, all right, so he's not gone. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> okay, well then I guess this is real. Then I mean, let's 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 get to it, man. And it was just, I, I'll say this about fatherhood: it taught me, it teaches me more about myself than anything, any sort of self reflection any sort of, you know, self-help books, anything that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Because this person is looking at you and it didn't really dawn on me that you literally have to teach this kid how to do everything, like to go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like this feeling that you feel that, that that's making you cry, it's because you probably need to go to sleep, you know? So let's do that. And it's just, it, 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 it the responsibility um it was never a burden for me man it was just like all right well this is what needs to be done so let's just get to it yeah 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 i i i mean that that resonates man it was it was it was just me and my wife like we had people that came but it was like it wasn't a whole lot right like we didn't have somebody for an extended period of time where people were there it was just us right because my mom at the time lived in tennessee um, her mom was still working and, you know, she needed, had to pay bills. So she wasn't going to take maternity leave or nothing like that. Right? <laughs> right. Right. So it was me and her and, you know, we working out like I'm, I'm, I took a little bit of time off work, but then my job was like, yo, we need you back. Um, and so we were, we were like, you know, uh, I would say, you know, there used to be a cartoon where the two dogs, one is checking in there, like the sheep dogs, <laughs> one check in, one check out. Like it was, we was like that for, for, I want to say for the first, maybe three or four years. Um, because we even changed when we, she went back to work, we changed our work schedule. So like I could be there in the day and she could be at night. And like, so we were literally just ships passing in the night for a long time. Right. And that was tough, man, because, that definitely wasn't what I, you know, I mean, that wasn't initially what I signed up for. I didn't sign up right. to like be your partner. <laughs> like he was my wife. Right. And now this kid is here and it's like, yo, I tag, you're it. All right. You in there. Go ahead. Let me go get some sleep while you take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at it and it's like, you know, I'm dumb dude. You know, I don't ever have to be pregnant like that, but that's like a, a major surgery. You know what I yeah. mean? So then you have to make sure that, you know, your wife is okay and that she's healing. And it's just like your whole life changes literally overnight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things where uh, I didn't know, you know, what I, you know what I really realized is that a lot of the stuff when you were growing up and your parents would say something, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You realize that parents have no idea. We have no idea what we're doing. 
We're just literally <laughs> guessing from day to day, especially when they're babies. You try to make sure that they just survive the day. And at the end yeah. of the day, you're like, oh, okay, let's try this again. You know, you read, the, I was, I'm just one of those ones that I'm reading magazines, like, okay, don't do this and don't do that. And a pediatrician says this and this and that. Man, then the real life comes and it's just like, all right, we just trying to survive because this boy is waking up every hour on the hour. And I know we ain't supposed to sleep and he ain't supposed to sleep in our bed, but I'm tired. You're tired. He's going to sleep right here until, you know, <laughs> I don't care what any magazine or what's supposed to happen says we trying to survive because this is not fun right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the truth of it, right? Like they think, oh, bundle of joy. Oh my God. But it's like, bro, every hour this person's waking up, you know, nursing and I'm trying to be supportive. So I'm waking up with my wife and I'm no good. I can't do anything. But All I'm right. like, golly, this is, it was rough, man. But it's like, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's stages. And so um, I enjoyed it because he was a baby and I did feel like an elevated sense of responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. Not on some like this validated my manhood, but just, okay, I can't just do any and everything. Like I have to, you know, make decisions based on this other human being that's relying on, you know, my wife and I making good decisions, you know, right. and not, not about getting it right every time. Um, but that was, that was my initial thought. That was my initial feelings and kind of how I eased into fatherhood to begin with. Um, once her mom left, my mom lives, lives and works in Kuwait. So it's not like we have this huge community you know what I mean? And so when I was a coach and we had open gym, he was with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to go get him from, from daycare before a game, come back, change his diaper in the coach's office. You know what I'm saying? Hand him off to one of my assistant coaches, a uh, girlfriend at the time until my wife came. And it was just, it, it, it just was what had to be done. Ain't nothing I can do, you know? Right. Right. So we just, it was, it was one of those things, man. Yeah, you found you found a community, right? You found a, a village to to work with you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Uh, a couple things. One, you you talked about like it, it not necessarily validating your manhood. I was listening to something earlier today, and uh, this, this guy was talking about uh, like being a boy and being a man, and he was talking about responsibility being one of those key factors. Like when you're when you're a boy. Uh, you know, your parents are responsible for you. They take care of you. They provide for you. Even that, even if you're an adult male, if you, you know, you don't really have any responsibility, like your, your only responsibility is to yourself. When you are becoming a man, you start to get other responsibilities. It may be a wife first or, 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 mm-hmm. you know, they may be your child. And when you get that responsibility, the ownership of that responsibility is like turning up the, 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 mm-hmm. the knob on that, that manhood. Um, I think for me, I, I think I, I was I would say that I was a, I was a man at that point. Like I, we didn't have a kid till I was I was 20, 28, 29. Um, so I had been a man for quite some time up to that point. Right. Providing for my wife, house, cars, working, all of the things that you should be, quote unquote, doing. Right. But when I became a father, there was like a next level to it. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, like, (laughs) like Bruce Leroy, right? Like the glow came over me and I'm like, oh man, like this is really it. Like, (laughs) like I'm the master now. Um, and having that responsibility for another person's life. And like you said, you literally got to teach them everything, like everything. Like, I don't think we put enough emphasis on the fact that you are literally teaching that person everything. 
Like even like you said, the sleep part, because they don't know. Like they just be crying, like, yo, something is wrong with me right now. Like, That's right. Help That's me. Right. Man, you gotta teach them who you are. They don't know who you are. You know, they right. just know I, I see this person all the time. I know they're sent. I think I like this person, you know, probably more than the <laughs> other. They don't know that you're like dad and mom. They just they just know that you're there all the time. And whenever they cry, here you come. So if this person's here, I'm okay. Um, right. So I'm with you on that, man. It's it, and it, I, I'm the acceptance of that is key because I mean it's like when whenever you do have a kid, all the 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 stuff that you went through as a kid, it just comes rushing back. At least in my case, it just comes rushing back. Like all right, and I think sometimes where a lot of men um, in that acceptance is they just they they use this extrinsic motivation of like. I don't want to do like my dad did mm-hmm. and that just becomes a pressure that's just unfair to yourself man because you know again person that's the good thing about especially babies you know my son is five now so he's gonna remind me if I said I'm gonna take him to you know this place on Wednesday and then Wednesday passes you definitely going to remind me that I said I was gonna take him there on Wednesday but at that time as babies it's like a clean slate every day, man. And that was almost refreshing for me because I did put some pressure on myself to be a certain kind of father. Uh, Cause you know, you go into it thinking that all right, when I have kids, I'm going to do ABCD mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not anything like I thought I would be at all, you know? Um, and that's a good thing, right? I thought I'll be militant and I will be, you know, bah, boom, bang, pop, none of that, you know? Um, and I think it's because whenever, I actually looked at him and he looked back at me. I realized, okay, this is a living, breathing, evolving human that Mm -hmm. I don't get to just like force into this idea of what I think it should look like, you know, and uh, that's helped me as a man um, in terms of talking about that acceptance of um, accepting that as a man, that doesn't mean as a father, you're already a superhero. Like you don't have to play the role of one. You don't have to be all encompassing in your knowledge and you don't have to be uh, uh, this person that is just devoid of, of humanity and emotions and all and wrongdoings. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Cause as a baby, they give you a, a new day every day. Like you yeah. go pick that kid up from daycare. They run to you the same every day. You know, and that was that helped take some of that some of the pressure off my shoulders of I need to get this right and I just need to I just need to get it. You know right. what I mean? Like I don't necessarily have to get it right, I just gotta get it. And when you said acceptance, that just kind of brought that to my brain. Yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned you mentioned being a superhero, and that's something that I, I remind guys of all the time is that your kids automatically, without you saving Gotham City or without you <laughs> defeating some villain they automatically see you as a superhero. And in if that is in fact the case, understand that all superheroes come with their powers. Like fatherhood mm. is your superpower. You don't have to go out and get some other power. It's not some other thing that you have to, like, I got to figure this thing out. I got to do that. Like, just continue to be you, whatever that means. Right now, if you're working on yourself, you know you got flaws and things you need to work on. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying that you are already the superhero that they need. Like you are, like you were born their superhero, right? They were born like your, your community, your Gotham city, right? And all you have to do is continue to show up when the light shines. That's it. 
that's it. I think sometimes though, man, we do that to ourselves because uh, being vulnerable looks a lot of different ways. And mm -hmm. as men, a lot of things we were taught from the generation before us, what manhood is, it's just not, bro. It's not, you know, being hard and being this and being that and never being wrong and all of this stuff. And so like something as simple as just apologizing to your kid. Like, right. hey, son, I, I I got that wrong, man. I'm sorry. Like that humanizes you to a point where like my son can now weed through his own emotions. I couldn't imagine how it is raising a daughter, but raising a man or young man to try to a baby to try to be a young man to try to be a man. I, I, it's 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 one of those things where it's it's two moving parts because now I'm having to evolve at a accelerated rate because um, maybe I missed some things whenever I was you know becoming a man that I'm at the same time time try to instill it into him while still allowing him the his own room to expand uh, as a human being himself. And uh, just that whole exercise daily, man, is, has uh, it kind of changes you, you know. I, and I'm not sure that it necessarily changes you as much as it. If you, I'm, that word "accept" is a great word that you use. If you accept it, it, it kind of uh, it, it it elevates your being. You know what I mean? Like you are the you are the superhero, but at the same time, you it's not a mantle that you have to. Like you don't, you don't, the, 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 if I can use the analogy again, it's not something that you see the issue, then you run in the booth and change it to your superhero outfit. You know what I mean? Like you wake up and the cape is on already. Right. You know what I mean? And it's for the simplest thing. It's giving them a bath or you be the one read to them at night instead of leaving that to their mother or you change the diaper when they're babies instead of just leaving that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to go hunt for this validation that you are a superhero. You just like you are. You wake up, cape is on. You know. Yeah. And yeah. You just, yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, I, I agree with you one hundred percent, man. <laughs> um, you mentioned something earlier that I, I ask about sometimes, and it's it's it's, it's like fifty fifty, right? You talked about reading. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, reading some of the magazines and and some of those things, uh, listening to the pediatrician and all these different things. These kind of outside influences. Prior to the birth of your son, were you reading like the what's what to expect when expecting and all those kind of books, or was it just like, yeah? yeah? Did you did, did you feel yeah. like those those were helpful? I stopped reading it. I ain't gonna lie to you. You know, then <laughs> I got to about page fifty, and I'm like, all right, man, I can't read this kind of stuff. I tell you who was the the biggest influence that I had to kind of. Uh, I don't want to use the word control, but I had to kind of uh, modify and make sure that it's, it isn't just overbearing. It's just my mom, you know, because mm -hmm. mama's going to have them opinions, man. And it's like, mom, this is my kid. I hear you. Okay. I, thank you. This is my son. And I know him very well, you know, and I, at the end of the day, you leave. And I'm still here. Um, but the books were, they were helpful in foundational knowledge. You know what I mean? Um, I think one of the things that helped me more is just talking to my wife um, because she was going through, you know, post-surgery, having uh, having our son, making sure that how she's feeling, you know, mm -hmm. and that uh, I think that helped me more than anything because um, Google, you know, if you Google something, you know, like your baby's crying and you Google 
people that what, why they're crying. They'll make you think that, you know, you got to take them to the emergency room. You know what I'm saying? And it can right. be something as simple as, you know, he hasn't had enough water. We, we've we been really, really lucky to not have any true uh, scares um, mm-hmm. other than, you know, one time he didn't, you know, he didn't pee for like a whole day. Uh, he was dehydrated and he wouldn't take a bottle and things of that nature. But I think the books gave you foundational knowledge, man which is always good, always helpful. But again, once, once this human is born, this is a real, ain't no more practice. Like every right. second is the fourth quarter of the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can try to flip through the page. It's like having an open book test. It, yes, you have the ability to flip through the book, but if you know it, it's way easier. You know what I'm saying? Like then you at least know where to go in the book than if you're just trying to go straight off of just flipping the pages. It's the same thing. Yeah. 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 I tried to, man. My wife was like, you know, you got to read these books. And, uh, you know, I start, I started them just like you, I got, I got about halfway, halfway through about three different books. And I was like, yeah, I mean, one, it, it make it, it, the books make you seem like you have nothing to do with it. Like there's nothing for you to do until like, <laughs> until like nine months, right? Your, your job is just to be there, dad, and just, you know, be supportive back rubs at the doctor's visits. But like, they don't give you really anything to do. Like, and then, then yeah. if you do make it to the end of the book, they talk about the birth. And then that's like, that's the end of the book. That's the final chapter. Like, all right, that's just the start of the game. That's the beginning. Like, this is that's where I need the information. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I can't really do anything right now. I, I'm a, I'm the supporting no, 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 no. cast. <laughs> we need to write a book um, on the third, third trimester. Okay. That's what I needed to know what the heck to do. Cause I'm walking on eggshells. Like, okay. What do I do here? You know, am I, do I need to not talk so loud? Do you need 17 pillows on the bed? Uh, whatever you need, because this raft that I'm getting right now, whew. And then just we need a whole chapter on how to put your kid down once they go to sleep. Dog, that kicked my butt for three months straight, dog. I'm like, man, <laughs> for real. Like, I, it was to the point where when he went to sleep, I went to sleep. And he just slept on my chest because I couldn't sit. I couldn't put him down. Like, that's the stuff we need. You know, right. the theoretical right. stuff. Give me something I can actually use. Because, man, the third trimester and those those three months I had them by myself and I couldn't put them down because I didn't know how to lay them down the right way, pop right back up. That's when I was like, man, I wish I had some sort of resources because this is kicking my butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the crazy part about that is I think everybody kind of goes through that, but nobody talks about it. They just tell you, oh, get some sleep now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they tell you, like, okay, if you lay at a 45 degree angle and you just, uh, you know, three every every second you slide three inches, you'll get out of there. Like, nobody tells you. Because my daughter was the same way. My youngest daughter, luckily, she, sl- she slept in like perfectly right away. Like, you put her down, boom, she's out. My oldest was like, you got to lay down. Okay. And then it's like, you're slowly moving and rolling. <laughs> and then, but she, she would stay asleep until you like fell off the bed and <laughs> then she'd pop up. I'm pop like, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> yo, I had plans for this nap. I was going to do stuff today. <laughs> Man, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I, and then, that's what we need books on the real stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, for sure. The uh, the the feeding times, like all of that stuff, because I didn't know what to do, man. I, my wife, my wife breastfed, so I was like, 
trying to be supportive, waking up in the middle of the night to go get her and bring her, bring her to her. And then we all sleep now. Like <laughs> now we all in the bed sleep. <laughs> like and now, and now she's getting used to sleeping in the bed with us. So now it's, now we can't get her out of the bed. Like, Oh, this is a mess. You can't put her down. I'm in a, I'm in a rocking chair, Absolutely. falling asleep, you know, neck hurting. Man. It was a mess. Walking, pacing back and forth. Oh, just- dude. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if somebody thing. if somebody could figure that out, like the, the secret the secret sauce, like to do that, uh, it would change so Best many seller. lives. Bestseller. Yeah. Um. So all right. So your your son's five now. Uh, sleeping in his own bed, doing his own doing his own things. He going to sleep pretty easily. Man, he. <laughs> you know what it is, man. And he's always been this way. You you have to put him to bed. Like, he's not going to just say, man, I'm tired. Let me just stop flipping off the back of the chair. No, no, no. The, the, <laughs> the, more, the more tired he is, the more active he gets. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, bro, I know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, I can, we, can, we can see it now. But it's, it's one of those things that once you put him in the bed, he, he sleeps before you leave the room. But as long as he's up, he's up up like and active you know what i'm saying but he uh since he was a kid since he was a younger baby get out of his bed and come walk to our bed and i know they was like we need to walk back to his room like man look it's three in the morning so i'm just gonna slide him up into this bed and whatever um but again something they don't tell you about is how bad kids sleep like there's right. no reason for you to be there's why are you this insane in your sleep right now I'm not sleeping you're sleeping peacefully kicking me in the back jumping on my head lord knows what else working up a full sweat and I'm just miserable but he uh he's one of those kids that his brain is constantly working constantly working and you have to tell him okay we're going to shut it down and now we're going to go lay in your bed and go to sleep he ain't going to go to sleep on his own <laughs> man that's funny that sounds that sounds like my youngest uh she slept with us the other night and uh i mean it it was like she was spinning in circles right because every time i woke up her head was at a different like a different angle and i'm like duh so then my wife we woke up the next morning she's like oh my god reese i'm so sorry you slept like so poorly she's like i feel great <laughs> like you know, yeah well, I had the best sleep I've ever had. What are you talking about? There's no way you were doing a handstand at like three in the morning. There's no way you oh slept my peacefully. God, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. Like man, there's times <laughs> that I just have to grab his legs. I said I just grab him, and I just we just sleep like that because it's just nonstop. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. Um, what I found though, man, is that um, if if we can have, which is hard to do. But if we can have like a, a, a wind down time before bed, it's usually a little better, like mm-hmm. maybe two or three minutes where we're like, it was easier when he was less mobile. Now that he's five, you know, you shut the lights off and then the questions just start. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, that's another thing we need a book about. Like, where are all these questions? Like, When do they stop? Like, is it because it's been like two years straight of just a million questions a day. But I have found that if we can wind him down a little bit, then he'll typically sleep a little less. He'll be less mobile in his sleep. Okay. Okay. Let's see you figuring it out, man. You better be taking notes. You got to publish this thing. 
<laughs> the bedtime routine, you got to have a wind down, right? You got to answer yeah. a few questions in a slow, very monotone, Ferris Bueller's teacher kind of way, right? Get him, get him sleepy. That's exactly um, right. All right. So I, I had a question. You, you got the hat on, the fatherhood. Yes. You, you got the podcast. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. the podcast? So it's been on a, a little bit of a hiatus, man, because, you know, just, you know, how it is with technical difficulties and all this kind of stuff. But for me, um, one thing I realized is, uh, especially black fathers, people talk at us and they talk about us. Mm-hmm. Um, but very rarely do they talk to us and say, hey, what are you going through? Like, how did you get the ideas about being a father that you got? And just mm-hmm. just listen without um, any sort of preconceived notion, any sort of, uh, you know, leading questions, just a literal conversation. Um, I wouldn't call it therapy. It's more therapeutic than therapy just because you've never been – you be surprised how many males have never been asked hey how are you and that's it you know what i'm saying not like how's the kids how's the wife how's the job how's the the, how how are you you know Mm -hmm. and so what i try to do man is it's kind of two-pronged with the sit-down interviews is long form um and we just try to have conversations about the subjects fatherhood journey you know um where'd you come from you know how were you raised uh, if you did, you have a father. How was he? Um, what did he teach you? And now that you're a father, you know how how do you go about being a father? How do you go about balancing family and all of these things? And so, we have three episodes out and two that are you know uh, currently being edited. And just the stories, man. The stories are intriguing. We have one who, uh, you know, I, I, I won't get into too deep of the details, but his uh, his mom was uh was was brutally murdered when he was a kid uh and he was raised by his single father never sent to grandma's house uh raised well he's successful father ended up being successful and then 32 years later the case is reopened and they arrested his father oh wow yeah for that and so dealing with that you know what i mean and having to uh and i won't get into the details of the case but uh just get into that then we have another Another one who's, uh, you know, his parent, his mom just kind of let one of the neighborhood mentors just be his, be his dad for real. And she just left. <laughs> she had him as a teenager and they raised him. They couldn't have kids of their own. And he grew up kind of being upset with his father. Typical stuff. Mm-hmm. Then he finally met his dad right before he married his wife. And his dad said, look, man, whenever my dad knew that I was going to be a teenage father, he moved us. So I never had the chance to be. But you would never know that if you don't have those sit downs and those conversations, you know, and things like that. You know, I've spoken to my dad. And then the third, the second part of it is just kind of like more like things that I learned from my day to day. I try to just talk about. I don't really mm-hmm. position myself as any sort of, you know, do this as a dad. It's more like, hey, here's in a conversation with my son. Here's what came across our plate. Here's what I learned from it. Hopefully it'll help you, man, because. Um, fatherhood can be a desolate place. It's very satisfying, but it can be almost lonely because, you know, as men, we're not going to sit around and, you know, talk about fatherhood tips necessarily. You know what I mean? We're going, it's more when we get, when we try to have those, those rare moments with the boys, we talk about sports and this and that and other things. And, 
you know, we're kind of been conditioned to not dive too deep into the difficulties of maintaining yourself while being a father and a, and a husband and a this mm -hmm. and a that um, and a provider. And so I just try to sit down, man, and um, talk about just, you know, this happened. This is what I gleaned from it. Um, and hopefully it'll help you and just start those conversations to where it's not so taboo because so many other things that you hear dad say, <clears throat> you know, that it's coming from a place of hurt and yeah. it's not their fault. You know, it's not their fault necessarily. They just, they've been raised by men that were hurt. You know what I mean? And, and though they were raised by, you know, men that were hurt, we're only two or three generations away from, you know, slaves. And so right. when, when you went as black men, you, you're, you're raised to survive, you know, and it's very rare. Our generation is probably one of the first to be able to pass down the, the idea of thriving to our mm -hmm. kids, not just trying to get through day to day. And that's tough, man. That's tough. And it's tough to break that. Um, once you have a kid, because nothing, nothing, nothing teaches you about yourself, like your kid, because they're you. And so it's like holding up a mirror to all of your, 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 your shortcomings right in your face every day, you know, and yeah. how do you deal with that? How do you not build up a certain level of resentment or how do you, I like to position myself as a conscious parent. I'm not necessarily progressive. I'm not necessarily traditional. I'm just conscious of what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Even if I make a mistake, I'm conscious to circle back and, you know, say, hey, son, do you understand why daddy said this? Daddy, sorry, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have elevated my voice to this level. This is what I want you to do. Here's why I want you to do it this way. Your mom and I are never going to accept this. You know what I'm saying? If you have an issue about it's, it's just that kind of stuff, man, those kind of conversations that um, I'm trying to, you know, to use the, the buzzword normalize in a sense, because mm -hmm. um, we weren't allowed to ask why for anything, you know, and the more I get into it, and the more I kind of learn about just being a dad, about being a dad, just in practice, a lot of that stuff just comes from just pure fear. Because you're, mm -hmm. if I ask you why, I'm expecting the answer. And as a parent, if you don't have the answer, that could be scary, you right. know. And and but there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Son, I don't know," or, you know, I, "This is why I'm telling you to do this." You know, I'm telling you to make your bed. I'm telling you we got to go to bed because it's eight thirty. You need this amount of sleep. Well, why? It don't matter. And listen, you're going to ask me why, and I'm going to tell you the same answer every time, and we still going to bed. <laughs> it doesn't right. hurt me at all to explain to you why I'm teaching you what I'm teaching you, you know? Right. And so that's, what I, that's, that's really what I'm trying to uncover, man. It's just the nuances of parenting, specifically fatherhood. I can't speak for motherhood, but the nuances of fatherhood, just at a layman terms level, where hopefully something that we all can latch on to within these interviews or these just, you know, short form conversations. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. That's the same reason that, that I got into it is because I felt like I had, I had fathers, like I, my father is, is, you know, in my life and has been in my life, my whole life. There's a period of time where he wasn't there. And, and that's, that's my, own, that's our own, you know, struggle that we, we working through or worked, have worked through this long time ago. Um, and, you know, I had a stepdad that was there physically, but wasn't there in any other way. Um, like he lived in the house, but he was working all the time. Um, so I didn't really right. have a real strong relationship with him other than, you know, he was the man at the house. Um, right. And from those two, I never 
God, like, the, okay, you about to be a father. This is it. This is what you. This is what's gonna happen. This is, you know, you know what I mean. Like, and and then I had friends that were fathers. Like my best friend had a had a son when we was in high and not in high school. Sorry, let me take that back. <laughs> we was in college. Had a had a kid our first year in college, and you know he became a father. He obviously didn't know how to be a father, but he knew I was about to be a father. Like ten years later. He never was like, hey, man, guess what? This is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And all my other friends that had kids was never like, hey, man, you become a father. Hey, look, month three, this is what's going to happen. Oh, it, you know, right, when you're trying to put them right, down to right. sleep, you know, this is this is how you're going to feel. Nobody's having right. those conversations and we're all just suffering in silence, so to speak. Right. Like we're just we're just dealing with it one day at a time. And uh, I was like, man, that's enough. Like it, it's just. I'm too passionate about my own fatherhood to be learning these lessons right. and not sharing them. Number one, number two, I don't know everything. So let me talk to some other dads, right. And let me learn from them and their experiences and share that with other people. Because mm -hmm. if no one is doing it, then the silence continues, right? Like we're complicit in it if we aren't talking about it. And it's, and it's super common. Like the stuff that I hear week to week is like super common stuff. Like guys are going through the same thing different like angles yeah. on it but it's the same stuff happening over and over again and it's always going back to well nobody really ever talked to me about it right nobody really ever right. said oh, you know this is what fatherhood is or this is what you can expect from it it may not go exactly like this but hey this is what happened to me how old is your son oh yeah yeah my daughter was a this is what happened you know nobody's doing that and for the reason that you said is like when we get that time finally to kick it it's like, yo, I'm not talking about them kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, they good. Yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Little, little, little junior not locked up and, and so and so doing good in school. Absolutely. All right, cool. What about the Lakers? You know, what I mean, you see, right. Brian, you know, we start talking about other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think those are like the more important conversations to have because when we talk about like what we really want from fatherhood and what we really want out of our life, we're always talking about legacy. And, and generational wealth and we want our kids to be better than us well if that's the case then we got to start having those conversations too and openly and honestly like yo dog i'm struggling with this right now uh you know what i mean what, what did you do did you have you ever experienced this has you ever gone through this and stop struggling on our own you know yeah yeah so I saw I saw you had posted and I actually reposted it uh, and you mentioned it here. You had a you had a conversation uh, with your father uh, on the podcast. Um, I did the same and I found for me it was super enlightening because as a kid going through going through life, you don't ever see it from from their angle, right, or from their point of view. Um, you, yeah. you you only understand right. it from your lens, right? And as a kid. You are either right. told by adults what was going on and they have their own, you know, their own skew of it. Like I only knew what my mom told me or what my his 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 sister, my aunt told me. Um, and that was it. Like nobody else was really giving me the game on what was happening. And then things were cool. Right. So I finally got right. to talk to him about it. And I had been wanting to, but afraid to for the longest time. So the podcast prompted me to do it. Um, and it was super enlightening to hear one my grandfather, his father didn't was like really never in his life, but he was in mine as a kid, like super, like super involved until he passed away. Like he was always around. I spent like days and days and days, like just with him hanging out, like 
there's a whole bunch of stuff that he taught me and he was gone when I was 10. Right. So in those 10 years, like he gave me so much stuff that I, even to this day, I still think about, but he was never there for his own son. And it's like, but I never knew the extent of it. Right. Without, I knew he wasn't there, but I didn't know how, how impactful that was to my father. Right. I didn't know the fact that my grandfather was in my life was like a good he he loved it and hated it at the same time yeah resented it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yo you missed my whole life like you showed up bits and pieces of my life and now you're trying to be super involved in my like you know what i mean um and and you know he never shared that with me you know he never shared like how he felt when my grandfather passed i remember he didn't cry and i was like i was falling right because i was a right. kid but this is my grandfather and my i remember my dad not crying and i was like man i thought he was heartless at the time you know what right. i mean like how could you not cry when your dad died and he you know we talked about that so we had all these conversations and all this stuff that i thought i knew but had no idea about and right. uh it was super enlightening what, what was what was your experience like talking to your dad man i'll tell you what man i i like had dreams of like when I first started this, when I first thought about starting the show, um, I had dreams of interviewing my dad and just going in, like just going crazy because my father and my mother did um, divorce at a, during my adolescent years. Um, so it was difficult, you know? Um, and thinking back, I, it, it took me till I was a grown man to realize that I was the only one of my friend group that didn't have, well, one more, that didn't have their dad around, you know, or both parents or some, some, some semblance of both parents. Um, but when I spoke to him, man, it was actually, like you said, it was more enlightening than emotional. Um, it was more like, uh, okay. Well, I could see why that I, I completely disagree with how you handled it, but I can see why you handled it that way. I can see that you never had, a conversation with your father before that he just kind of left you to your own devices and said, when you're a man, you can come talk to me, but you were left without markings. Like you don't know, you don't know what the checkpoints are to manhood. And so you just go along. And, you know, one of the things I said when I spoke to him was, um, you know, having, he had five kids by the time, about four women, by the time he was 26, like, that's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? So I can see why you would run away from those responsibilities. Even though I disagree with it, I can understand it. You know what I mean? Because it is difficult, specifically when you know you don't have the tools to be a father because the reason why you have all these women in the first place is because you were trying to fill a void. And now you have, you know, people around that are you're supposed to. It was more enlightening in, in that regard. Um but uh, I, I just wish that, not wish, but I, I'm hoping, what I hope to get from it, man, is that people do have those conversations with their dads earlier. Because mm-hmm. what helped me and my dad's relationship, because we didn't have a good relationship for a very long time. And we still don't have the best of relationships. You know what I'm saying? Only because I'm a man now and I'm a, I'll be 40 in May and there ain't a whole lot of like reconciling that I even need, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's just, uh, that's just the, the, the lay of the land of how it laid out. Um, but I still love them. Um, but I, I, the reason why I say we should have these, uh, conversations 
earlier is just to humanize the experience of, son, this is what I'm going through. And talking it out, you kind of get out of your own head about it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you do express those shortcomings and you do express kind of where you're coming from and you don't pass down that trauma. You don't pass down that hurt or like you're able to have joy and be released and have um, um, be, be, be happy because if you don't have any sort of joy and you see this kid with this unbridled joy, you can even start resenting your own kid. And then mm -hmm. you try to disguise it as I got to be hard on him because the world's going to be hard on him. Like, no, bro, you're hurting and you haven't dealt with that hurt now. So now you're trying to, you're, you're projecting that. Um, and then also, man, just having a, having, having those, those conversations with my dad and just releasing him of like his burden of feeling like he has to make up for lost time um, really helped me. Cause what, again, to go back to what helped our relationship was when I s looked at him as a human that just happened to be my father. Mm -hmm. And not just that superhero that we talked about and this man that walks on water that disappointed me and let down the family, all this stuff. Like, yeah, he made his, he made his, his, like all of us continue to do. Um, but he's just, your parents are just people, man. They just, you just happen to be their kid. They just happen to be your parents. You know, they, it isn't, it isn't much beyond that, you know, and you still love your parents. You still have this adoration and this respect for them, but they're just people. You know, mm -hmm. and people come inherently with mistakes and flaws and ideologies that you may not agree with. And that's OK. But if you can have those conversations, then you have the reps of having those conversations as opposed to waiting until you're almost 40 years old and hearing it all for the first time. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah, man. Too, I, I like that, that that whole that whole idea, too, because I think a lot of times when we don't have when we have that. What, 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 you know, they call it like a fatherhood wound, right? We have that wound from our own father. We take our fatherhood of our child and we're constantly putting it up against it, right? Like it's a competition. As you mentioned it earlier, like I need to be a better father than my father. And you're constantly judging your own fatherhood against this idea of what a father should be. And you haven't even had the conversation or given him the grace to say, yo, this dude was struggling. Right. He never had a father. He, he was he didn't have a father like I didn't have a father. So how could he father me? Right. And you're and you're not you're not allowing that to process. So you're not getting to be able to fully enjoy your own fatherhood because you're so pressured by being better than the past father. Right. right. And I think that idea of focusing on being better than your father shouldn't be more so just being better. Right. Like, how can I be better? How can I just be a better father? Forget about what he did. Forget about what happened in the past. Like, how can I be a better father to my kid? Right. Better than I was yesterday. Right. right? Or, or better, you know, better than I am today. Like you said, we wake up tomorrow. We got a clean slate. I could be a great dad tomorrow. Messed up a little bit, stumbled, but I'm going to pick myself up tomorrow. We're going to be a great dad. Right. And I think Absolutely. Absolutely. when we're able to have that conversation, then we get that freedom. Right. That freedom to be like, yo, I, okay, I understand what happened. I understand, you know, that his his pitfalls and his stumbles, and I'm just going to take that as a lesson, right, and make sure I don't make those same mistakes, and uh, I'm gonna move forward, right. I get to just That's be, it. I get to be That's me, it. right. I don't get to, I don't have That's to it. be me with with no father like that. You don't have to have that that cloud hanging over me, right. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's a part of the story. It's not the story. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a, it's a chapter, right? And one chapter doesn't make, it's a bad chapter. It doesn't make a terrible story. It just, it just adds to the, uh, to the climax of it. Right. right? Yeah. Season yeah, two, yeah. Season two of the wire. <laughs> oh man. Right. Hey, you know, I, I heard somebody the other day say that season two was super important and that it was necessary. I was like, nah, man, they could have sure, threw that out. Sure, sure. They could have yeah, threw that did, completely we, out. We're okay without it. We're okay with yeah, like we at least fast forward. Like I re I went back and rewatched it and didn't watch season two and it was fine. Like I didn't need anything. I didn't care about the boat docks. I didn't care about the politicians. They could have kept all of that. Like just you know, where's Stringer at? Yeah, we come on, man. Let's get back to let's get back to the hood. I don't care nothing about the docks. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> all right, man. So, so look. Uh, you got five. Are you guys planning on on having any more kids, or are we we uh we one and done? Oh, maybe, maybe. You know, I'm, like I said, we I'm we're, we're approaching forty, so whatever God has in store, man. At this point, you know, gotcha. But, uh, he's he's plenty. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's keeping you busy. I love it. That, that's good, yeah. though, man. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. 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 So. Um. Now I gotta, I gotta ask you: Do you do you uh, you play play sports, play basketball, basketball coach? Are you uh, looking at your son to play basketball, or are you just kind of like whatever happens, happens? Oh, man, I hope so. I hope so. If he's not good at basketball, I may want a DNA test. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> you know what, man? I don't want to push him into it because I know how I am. And mm -hmm. if he starts playing, then I'm I'm going to want him to take it seriously. Right. So I would rather him find the Lord on his own, and then I can be dad initially before mm -hmm. we start getting into the nuts and bolts of it. Then me try to push him towards it because I love it. You know, at this point, I just want him to do something, bro. Like if you're gonna be a scientist, let's go to science camps and let's just get to it. Like whatever you do. Let's just explore it fully. Um, like, for instance, this shirt, is he drew this because he calls himself uh, an artist. And my, my latest children, which is my third one, um, I told him, hey, draw me a picture about Sharon. And this is what he drew. And we just going to explore with everything he draws. we got another one that, that I'm working on. We're going to make his stuff in the shirts because if you're going to be an artist, then let's just be an artist, man. It's whatever. You know, he, two years ago, he wanted to be a dinosaur when he grew up. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's just, you know, <laughs> we'll figure it hey, out. Hey, man, you know listen I'm here. You'll find the, your own path, man. You'll find your own path. I don't need to make that path for you. Right. Hey, listen, the way the, the, the way technology in the metaverse is going, man, he might just be, you know, he might just be a raptor and, in, in, you know, in something or he, or he may create something, right, where he's, he's you know, the dinosaur, a dinosaur, you know what I'm saying? There's always... You never know, man. It's just a spark of an idea. I think as as adults, we lose our childhood imagination too soon. Mm -hmm. And we try to push these kids to grow up fast. And it's like, man, they're kids. Let them be kids. Let them do what he want to do, and he'll figure it out. You know, he wants to play soccer. I found myself, like, game one, I'm like, oh, oh. Cause he was just letting the ball roll by him, and that is not my personality. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> and then finally, you know, me and my wife, we look at each other, and I say, "What am I doing? Like, why? If he wants to pick flowers, man, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. And just let him, just let him do it, and he'll figure it out later. You know. And so uh, he likes basketball because he's been around it his whole life. 
Um, but if he decides not to play, it'll hurt my heart initially, but I'll get over it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to play football. I don't want him to play football. And that's sacrilegious in Texas, but. I was gonna say, yeah, you better keep that. You can keep that down. Somebody might hear you. Because <laughs> how how tall are you? I'm six foot. See, six foot. You like you got a pretty good build. I'm telling you, dog. <laughs> he fell out. They can be like, oh man, your son, man. You sure you don't want him to play? <laughs> hell of a safety. Yeah, hell of a safety. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Whatever he wants to do, I can suck it up and do it. I. You know, it's funny because you say that and I was trying to give him some soccer tips and he told me, Daddy, yeah, you don't even play soccer. Said, You're right. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm like, I'm just trying to, you know, help you. He said, hey, just cheer. Don't coach. I have a I said, You're right. What am I going to say? He's right. The you young know, man is wise beyond his years. say that. He heard me say that because I coach AAU, and I was like, I wish these parents would just cheer and let me coach. And so him taking that in, now he's using it again <laughs> to his advantage. Like, hey, just coach. I mean, just cheer, man. I said, you're right. So I set myself right on the sideline, and I never said another word. I ain't got no tips. I ain't never played soccer. So he's right. That's smart. And you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned <laughs> you got children's books. Um I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, shoot past sure. that, man. That's that's pretty dope. Won't you? Uh, won't you tell us about the children's books? So the children's books, man. I've always been a person who expressed myself best uh, in writing. Uh, so um, my son Bradley is the main character in the three books. The the first three books, Bradley knows everything. Bradley visits the zoo, and then this one is Bradley's greatest gift. Uh, they all have little lessons in it. Um, varying lessons and they kind of grow as he grows they're all um bilingual so they're both english and spanish on the same page um and my motivation was just uh i just wanted to give him something that can never ever be taken away from him so no matter what happens those bradley books will always exist and my author name is tyrone void jr because with every purchase there's three generations of voids on that page is Tyrone Void, my father, Tyrone Void Jr., myself, and then Bradley, which is my son. And that's that's just a legacy that I'm going to pass down to him. But also, um, when I go read the kids and stuff, man, I dress how I dress. Like, I don't wear a suit and do. So when I go read, man, I just kind of I show up as myself always because I think it's important for kids to understand that you don't have to be one way, nor do you have to sacrifice anything to be exactly what you want to be so if you want to write a book man write a book you don't that don't make you any less black that don't make you any less hip that don't make you any less cool and quite honestly my wife was the final like push that I needed to just get the books out there because I would always write and she knew I was good at writing using my words and once we had my son she was like why don't you just write a children's book and it just it never I never thought about it but it just clicked man and now we're on our third one um and now it's finally got a hardcover, uh, which has been a process in itself, but it's something that I'm very, very proud of. Yeah, I like that, man. Where where could we uh where can we find the books at? Like how do we yeah. how do we get so there's two ways to get them. You can get them on uh tjvoid.com, which is a landing page now. We're working on a full website, uh TJ V is a Victor O I D uh dot com or uh the first two books, Bradley Visit the Zoo, uh and Bradley Knows Everything are on Amazon. 
as well as the color. I have a coloring book that takes the first the the anim the illustration from the first two pages, and it's in a coloring book. And I have some words in there just to kind of tell kids pretty much. So the coloring book is uh, another thing that's available. Um, it takes the illustrations from the first two books, blows it up a little bit, uh, eight by eleven. Um, then there's some words in there for kids to. I just want to encourage parents mostly to just let kids if they want to color the sky pink, fine. Let they let their imagination run crazy, um, just so they can have the practice of being imaginative and creative. And we can just reel it in later. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's similar to playing basketball when it's like it's hard to instill confidence in a kid. Um, I'd much rather have a kid that's just outrageously cocky and then I can just reel it in than trying to get him like, come on, be aggressive. You can do it. You can do it. That's harder to do. Um, and it's just, it's again, the the characters, uh, the main character is my son. So it's a, you know, a black boy and that's important. That representation. I'm a black man. Um, that name is Tyrone. So I can't hide it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't hide it if I wanted to, man. Uh, so I just think that those things are really important. Um, I'm a former English teacher. So I think that the ability to communicate, uh, write, speak is ex extremely important, specifically for um, our kids who sometimes just get written off as people who don't read and don't write. Um, and that's just, that's not the truth. Um, and so again, I, I try to, I took kind of the uh, Disney approach um, to where there's also little nuggets in there for parents too. Uh, like the Disney movies where there's like, there's things in there for parents to learn to kept, kind of keep them engaged. Um, and I just wanted something that I wanted parents and kids to have another option outside of Dr. Seuss, you know, God rest his soul, just, you know, choosel, fruzel, alamacuzel for 42 <laughs> pages. <laughs> right. So we can have something we can read and be able to, uh, to digest. I love that, man. I love that. Man, so we we've talked about a little bit of everything. Talked about fatherhood. Talked about some of those early struggles, uh, some of those you know toddler struggles, and some of the things that you go through, um, you know, relating to your father. Talked about your books. Talked about what you do for work. Um, but all of it's all encompassing, right? It all kind of rolls into the 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 main topic of conversation, which is fatherhood. And uh, that being so, and this being a fatherhood podcast, what does what does fatherhood mean to you? That's, that's, a, that's a loaded question, but I think to me, fatherhood is um, evolution. Um, you, again, I don't see it as dominion. Uh, I don't see it as that my son is my property. Um, I believe that he was a blessing for us, and it's my job to um, handle this blessing with care. And if done properly, then... I will learn as much from him, um, probably exponentially more from him than he will from me. Um, and I think that that is the evergreen, to use a writing term, the evergreen content of what fatherhood is. It's just this transfer of knowledge that's um, bilateral in nature. So it's a, it's a true symbiotic relationship where we both gain from each other and not just me telling him what to do or making him a man or showing him there is some of that. Right. But there's also him in his growth showing me what it takes to be a man and it's in the wholeness of it. 
I like that, man. Leave it to an English teacher and a writer to go ahead and use symbiotic and <laughs> evergreen, right? But no, that, that is that is a really good, really good explanation. Uh, and I, I agree with you, man. I think it is is both sides. And you said it earlier. It's kind of like putting a mirror up to up to yourself um, with that child because now who you are is being reflected in that child, and and you get to see yourself and how maybe you need to improve and the things that you need to work on. And you are learning from them just as they're learning from you. That is yeah. good, man. That is real yeah. good. I get that from coaching, man. Coaching, it teaches you the true culture of your team. You can say whatever you want to say. You can yell, scream, we didn't go over this, whatever. But if your team is doing something wrong consistently, you're either coaching it wrong or you're allowing it to happen. And that's a culture thing, right? Yeah. And so – as a as a father, man, that's what I kind of that's why I learned how to be a dad, being a coach for real. And it's like the I can I have to create a culture that is conducive to his growth, and I have to to coach quote unquote. I have to coach the person that I have, as opposed to try to make him something that I want him to be. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love it. All right, man, I, I got I got two more questions for you, kind of yes, a two-part question, um, and then I'm going to let you go. If you were – I know you write children's books and you write blogs and, 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 and things like that. So if you were to write write a, a, a book, right, you write a book, uh, Changing Gears Just a Little Bit, this book is is to, to be helpful. Like it's like a personal development, self-help kind of book, um, but it's specifically for fathers. What is the message you would want them to take away from that book? Uh, I would want them to take away, uh, that's a great question. I want them to take away the idea um, that you don't have to be perfect, that you wanting to be perfect is the perfection. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. that, that's how I know that you'll strive to be great consistently. Um, mm -hmm. And number two, the, the biggest thing is that you're, fatherhood to to uh to child that's a relationship man so you got to nurture that relationship like you do any relationship so those two things man just you know one just knowing that that's a relationship and making sure that you nurture that relationship and then just making sure that you don't put the pressure on yourself to be perfect that you just strive to be better is perfection in itself yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay. Here's the second part to it. Um, you're writing another book. Again, a children's book. This is your, your fourth children's book, but uh, you're only going to to print one copy. Oh, man. And that book is going to be for your son. What do you want him to know? Daddy cares. That's it. Everything that I do say comes from a tr place of true care, but I care about you, um, the person, um, and you just happen to be my son. You know, I, I, I care about you, the person, and how you making sure that you understand yourself and what you want to do and how to do what you want to do with complete tenacity over what daddy tells you. Because um, eventually, you know, I'm always be dad, but you're going to be a man yourself. and We're going to have different conversations. And I just want, I always, I want my son to know that, he can always come. The door is always open. Um, and our relationship is always going to be honest. And I'm going to accept his honesty as much as I expect him to accept mine. 
I love it, man. I love it. Hey, man, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time out to to join us on the podcast, man, to share your fatherhood journey. Talk to us a little bit about, about the podcast, about the books, about, you know, trying to figure out how to get that baby down to sleep <laughs> um, and all the things that go into it, man. I love the fact that you're continuing to push forward and push the, the movement forward, the fatherhood movement forward. And uh, if guys wanted to find you, uh, you know, if they wanted to get in touch with you, they wanted to reach out to you to maybe learn some more or find the podcast, how would they go about doing that? The easiest way, man, is Instagram is what I'm most active on, at TJ Void, make it simple, uh, T-J-V-O-I-D. And then at the Fatherhood Show is the show, even though the show name is changing, that's the, the Instagram handle, at the Fatherhood Show. Again, make it simple. Uh, shoot me a DM. Um, I can give you my email. We can get in touch that way. Um, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Okay, man. You guys heard it here first. When you go to find him, make sure you hit the follow, right? Make sure you follow Please. and keep track of what Please. he's got going on. Uh, tons of stuff uh, coming out soon, right? Um, really excited again, man. Thank you for for the opportunity to to share in fatherhood, to, to hear a little bit about it. Like I said, we don't have enough of these conversations, so I appreciate you being right. open and having the conversation with us. I know I'm going to take something from this episode, and I'm sure somebody else will too, and that's, that's just the, the purpose of it, right? Um, so thank you, man. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon and, uh, yes, I appreciate you. Thanks, Rod. I appreciate your patience, man. Hey, no problem, brother. All right now. You just tuned into another episode of the forfeit fatherhood podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at you can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on you can call me coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.